best part of waking up is having hope in your cup. I'm Stephanie Winslow, and thank you for coming to Cup of Hope podcast. Uh, it's my privilege and honor to be with you. Thank you so much for stopping by the channel, and I know that you will find hope in your cup to be full and overflowing as you dig into the Word of God with us in uh, study and also in prayer. So grab your cup and let's fill it up with the hope that God has in store for us. Thank you for joining and enjoy the show. Grateful to be with you this morning to bring to you a message from the Word of God. Let's lift up our cups together today and let's ask the Lord, Lord, would you fill us up with the hope that you have in store for us today through the power of your Word. We are his vessels. We are vessels that he can use and fill, and uh, he fills us up with his love, with his tenderness, with his compassion, with comfort and peace, um, and with his gentleness. He, he allows us to experience him in all of the, the various um, personality traits and characteristics that he is. If you think about all of the the wonderful characteristics of all of the people that you know, I think that's just like a, a tip of the iceberg in comparison to the goodness and love and gentleness and awesome character of our God and Father. We have a hard time even wrapping our minds around just how how good He is and how um, just magnificent He is in all of the beauty of of Himself. And we are coming together on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Cup of Hope to get to know more about him, to get to know who is this Jesus that we read about in the Bible and who is this God the Father that we read about and what does it mean for me to give my life over to him. So you'll hear on Cup of Hope a lot us talk about this, the act of, of coming to God and surrendering to him, this act of giving over all that I'm carrying, all that I think that I am, all the, the striving, all the, the, the doing, and uh, focus more on being. It's about who we are becoming, who, uh, who God wants us to be, and how he wants to use us in this world. And that's why we come to him like this, as an empty vessel that he needs to fill up, that we want him to fill up, not fill up with the things of this world, not fill up with concerns of this world, not fill up with uh, the, the noise of what's happening in, in the news or you know things going on around us in, in our lives, the, the various issues that other people are dealing with and we can just fill and fill and fill. And then what happens is that this vessel we have um, isn't made to withstand the weight of all of those things. It's not meant to withstand the, the heaviness of all the things of this world. But with God in us and him filling us up, it's, we're full to overflowing. And he gives us the strength and the fortitude to deal with what it is that we're uh, up against. And the, to, to even fight the battles for us. Exodus 14, 14 says, you only need to be still. I will fight for you. I will fight for you. You only need to be still. And so much of the time we want to fight the battle for us. It makes us feel, I don't know, just uh, 
alive, engaged, um, just, I don't know what, what that, that feeling is. I, I can't even think of a word to describe it, but, but what I, I know that God wants from me and I believe that he wants this from all of us is that we say, Lord, I see this battle. Help me to know who the real enemy is that I'm fighting against. Number one, is it this person? Is it the situation? Is it the devil that he's trying to trip me up? Who is my real enemy? And and 99.99% of the time, it's the devil trying to stir things up and we need to fight against him instead of against the circumstance or situation. And we can sit back and let God do the fighting for us with Satan. We can sit back and let God do our, our fighting for us. We don't have to engage him. Uh, we don't have to engage in the war. Um, and we, we can go to war with him through scripture, through um, sp- speaking God's word over him. We do have a, that kind of authority through Jesus Christ. Um, but we can also be in alignment with, with God and allow him to do that fighting and bidding for us. This week, uh, actually the entire month, we've been talking about gentleness, the gentleness of Jesus. Uh, this week, specifically focusing in on the character of Jesus. In Isaiah 42, we read a prophecy about the coming Messiah, about the servant of God. And Isaiah 42, verses 2 and 3, these verses really stood out to me. Um, and I think really speak about the character of Jesus and then also kind of set the scene as, as we're heading into the Easter weeks um, with Palm Sunday coming up and Easter Sunday coming up in a few weeks. To me, these help me to get my mindset around that as in this Lenten season as well. It's in verse two and three, Isaiah 42, it says this, he will not shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out the flickering candle. He will bring justice to all. You you might say, okay, Stephanie, what does this, these verses, what do they have to do with gentleness? Well, um, you have to have a gentle character in order not to raise your voice in defense, especially in this case. And this is prophesying about the time that Jesus will have when he's standing in front of all of his accusers. He's standing in front of the crowds of Pharisees and Sadducees and the the Jewish people who were, who were um, fighting against him, who were bringing accusation against him, who were... Um, not happy about him being on the earth and him speaking out against their norms. They weren't happy about him doing healing on the Sabbath. They weren't uh, happy about him calling them out and calling out their double-mindedness. And they would say one thing but do another. And yet holding everyone else uh, that they were ahead over, the Pharisees and Sadducees, to the letter of the law, but themselves, they'd have the back door into doing whatever they wanted to do. And so Jesus was exposing their sin, again, not by, not by shouting from mountaintops and not by, by yelling at them, not by, he, he was doing good. 
He was doing the will of his father. He was doing the healing work um, that he was brought on this earth to do. He was helping others see about what, what the kingdom of heaven is really like. And he was talking to everyone, the Gentiles and the Jews, about um, the goodness of God, the love of God. And so the uh, Pharisees and Sadducees were a little lot unhappy with him. And this verse tells us that he will not shout or raise his voice in public. And that is absolutely what we read about in the gospel accounts of, of Jesus being uh, prosecuted and, and going to the cross. He didn't even raise his voice to defend himself. He didn't defend himself. He said very little, actually. He does not shout or raise his voice in public. And I think how often do I feel like I need to raise my voice in defense of my stance, in defense of uh, my side of an argument, in defense of, uh, of my abilities and capabilities, and, or in defense of my family, in defense of my children, in defense of... Uh, of myself, of whatever is happening in my life. I feel like I need to rear up and and speak out. And there, I, I believe, are times in our life where God may be prompting us to stand up. But in this case, as we're looking at the life of Jesus Christ, he was in a place where he was asked to really stand down, to humble himself to not raise his voice in public and his gentleness was exposed when he did that. In verse three, it says, he will not crush the weakest reed or put out the flickering candle. This is uh, a reference point for us to his patience with us. That knowing that all of his accusers standing before him that he could have in a moment brought about uh, the, the flames. He could have brought fire on them. He could have smited them all. Um, and he did not. He gave, in his patience, he gives all of us the opportunity to come to know him. He gives all of us in his patience the opportunity to come to know him. And even in his patience, there are those of us who still choose to go our own way, still choose to live life on our, on our own terms, still choose to, to walk in deception, still choose to live apart from Jesus. But the one thing that we can rest assured of is that he will be patient with us. He will not crush the weakest reed. He will not crush the weakest reed. That means that he does not just cut us off when we've made a mistake. It does not, it means that he is patient with us in our journey toward coming to know him. He remembers that we are people made of dust. And he doesn't hold that against us. That causes him to have compassion on us, to give us grace, and he is patient with us in our weakest places and he doesn't put out the flickering candle that's this the same thing when a, a candle is freshly lit so again when we're, we're getting to know who he is or a candle that's freshly lit 
we might fall fall back off the wagon, so to speak, or we might, you know, turn turn back to our old patterns of life. He is patient with us. He is patient because he wants all to come to know him. He wants all of us to have eternal life, but he is not going to make us robots and make that decision for us. He will be gentle and patient with us throughout our life, giving us multiple opportunities to turn our hearts and eyes over to him. What we do with those opportunities is up to us individually. That's not something that others can make a decision for us. It's a decision that we have to make on our own in a relationship with Jesus. We have to say yes to him in those moments when we're at that crossroad and we get to choose, am I gonna follow after Jesus or am I gonna go this way? But he is patient with us. He graciously considers again that we are only dust. From the dust we were created of this earth and to the dust we return, our life on this earth is fleeting. It is our soul that remains. It is our soul that he is concerned with. It is our soul that will live on in eternity with him. And he wants our soul. That is why he chooses to be patient with us. That is why he does not shout or raise his voice when we accuse him. When we stand as his accuser, we want to blame him for all the things that are going wrong in our lives. We want to, uh, to, to be angry with him for, for different things that are, are happening. And we don't understand this and we don't understand that. And, and we want to shout and enrage against this God who created us, one, but also is so patient with us that he's allowing to take all of that accusation. And in his patience and gentleness, he takes it on and, and he gives us yet another opportunity and another opportunity to come to know him. I pray that today that those of us who uh, may be struggling or maybe we know people who are struggling with this Jesus person, um, we're struggling to know who Jesus is. I pray that he would be uh, make himself so vibrantly clear to us because of these very things that we understand that he is patient with us and he is gentle with us and it is through his choosing not to raise his voice and come down and just cut us off and say it was good enough for you and 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 you know and cast us out but he welcomes us into his family. He wraps us up into his arms, regardless of the numerous mistakes that we have made. It makes no difference to him. It makes no difference to him. He counts us as his own. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I just come before you this morning. Lord, I am just so thankful for your gentleness and patience. I am so thankful for the character of Jesus that, that we get to read about and understand. I thank you that you are um, wanting all of us to come to know you, Lord, and that you will be patient with us time and time again. I thank you, Jesus, that you are willing to stand before us and, and take on all of all of those accusations that even I have hurled at you. And Father, forgive me for those accusations, for I know 
that it is the sin in this world, not you, who has caused these horrific things to happen in our world. It is not your, your choice for us, God. But the one thing that I do know and the one thing that I stand on and I will, I will rest content in is knowing that regardless of what has happened in my life and the, the mess of things that have been in my past, God, you will work all things together for the good of those who loved you and who are called according to your purpose. You tell us that in Romans 8, 28. Lord, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that you waste nothing. So Father God, I am just so thankful for who you are, for your goodness and mercy toward me, for your goodness and mercy toward my brothers and sisters. Father God, I pray that you would illuminate yourself before us, Father, and that we could see you in the, the gentleness and the goodness that you are and your patience, Father. I pray that your patience with us would just bring us to our knees in repentance before you, knowing that you have been with us all along and you didn't cast us out. God, I thank you for all of these things, Lord. And as your word is sent out today, may it produce fruit in the lives and hearts and minds of those who are listening today and in the days and months to come, Lord God. I pray that you would receive the glory for this message, that you would receive the glory for the hearts changed. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Thank you for being with me today on Cup of Hope. Be blessed, be well, and I will see you back here on Wednesday. Bye-bye. Blessings to you, Cup of Hope family. I hope to see you tomorrow as we join back together on Cup of Hope. If you're in need of more hope or more resources, you're looking for something to read or dig into uh, to find out more about God, you can go to my website, stephaniewinslow.com, stephaniewinslow.com, and find more helpful resources there. Blessings, Cup of Hope family, and we'll see you tomorrow.